You ever had times in your life when you just sense that you really need God? If you haven't had, you've got wet wood. Sometimes, all the time, God's trying to get through to us all the time. Sometimes He speaks louder than others, or He uses things to speak to us, events to speak to us louder than others. Let me just say a word to you parents, and I are one, by the way. When we come to church week after week after week and we bring our kids year after year after year, can, can I get real um, what's the word? Can I meddle this morning? Does does what they hear here in here match up to the way you live through the week? And none of us are perfect. But there's a lifestyle that we talk about here. And they hear it. Does it match with what they see at home? If not, our enemy is using that to confuse them. God. God, we bow before you this morning. Those of us that are parents, would you just give us an extra measure of your spirit this morning? Would you help us to open our lives to You in such a way that You would fill us to overflowing and we would truly walk as Jesus walked. And that You would use us not only as parents, but as adults around children. Would You use us to point the way to the Father? Today, Lord, speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen. I have to say to you this morning, there is so much going through my mind. And we're in the middle of this, this series in 1 John. This is week four of our series in 1 John. We've talked about God is life. We've talked about God is light. We've talked about God in the flesh. 
And this morning we talk about God is truth. God is truth. And it's not truth that we can use to knock each other around. Or hold it under each other's noses. Or attack each other in the name of the Lord. It's not the truth that we're talking about. It's not even truth that we can use to condemn sinners. All of that is God's job. You know why? Because we're not good at it. That's why God says many times in His words that we are to embrace Him so much that we just love Him and love each other. And it's God's job to condemn. It's our job to love. God is truth. Truth that cuts through all the garbage of life and culture. Truth that when it is revealed in us, it shows who Christ is. Truth that so transforms us that it moves people to blurt outlook how they love one another. In here and out there. God is truth. John says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 21, he says this, I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. You see, John is writing to people just like us. People that know the truth. Or people that should know the truth. People in the church that should know. John says in verse 18, Dear children. John always uses this in referring to the people he's writing to. He, he has this deep love for these, these children. His spiritual children. He says, Dear children, this is the last hour. See, people in the first century fully believed that Jesus would come back in their lifetime. He said He was coming back. In the Gospel of John, chapter 14, Jesus says, You have heard Me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. After Jesus had ascended into heaven, the disciples were standing around gawking into the sky. Wouldn't you be? The Bible says they were looking intently up to the sky. Two angels appeared to them to kind of snap them out of it. And they said in Acts chapter 1, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way. See, they fully, they fully believed that Jesus would come back the second time in their lifetime. So John says, toward the end of the first century, when all of this, this church building, this church growing, this people transforming in the Spirit had been going on, and now there were a number of churches in Asia Minor, John said, this is the last hour. Or, Jesus is coming. Hang on to the truth, he said. The truth that you know. 
The truth that's been preached and taught to you, hang on to the truth. Hang on to God no matter what comes your way, John says. Brothers and sisters, nearly 2,000 years after John wrote these words, let me say to you this morning, this is the last hour. More so now than it ever was then. 2,000 years later, this is the last hour. Let me ask you a question, brothers and sisters. Are you ready? Jesus is coming. This is the last hour. These are the last days we're living in. Are you ready? God is truth. John has said to us so far, the life God revealed in Christ gives you eternal life. Live in that eternal life. The light of God is around you. Walk in that light. The example of Christ has been given to us. He has modeled how to live in this hurting, dying world. Walk as Jesus walked. You see, for us, those of us that are called children of God, there is a way to live. There is a path to walk. And it's clearly pointed out to us in God's Word. It's clear to us the way to live, the way to walk, to walk as Jesus lived, to walk, to live in the light, to walk in the light. That is the responsibility, the calling for God's people to walk a consistent life day by day, moment by moment, walking in the light. Walking as Jesus walked. Living in the truth of God. And you know, when you do that as a follower of Christ, it encourages me to do that. When I do that, it encourages you to walk in the light. But when someone that claims to follow Christ doesn't walk in the light or doesn't walk as Jesus walked, you know what it does to my faith? I say, God, does it, does it work? Is it true? You see, when we are all walking in the light... It encourages us all to keep walking in the light. When we walk as Jesus walked, as a body of Christ, it encourages us to walk together as Jesus walked out there where they need to see it. Jesus said, or John said, there is an example that was given to us. Jesus Christ. He modeled A way to live in this world. And we are to walk as He walked. Someone said, Jesus was God with skin on. Then after Jesus had finished His God-given assignment on earth, He gave us, you and me, orders to take His place. To carry on for Him in Matthew chapter 28. The Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28 starting with verse 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus went away, and He said to us, Go! So someone said Jesus was God with skin on. Now when Jesus left, you could say we are Jesus with skin on. Taking Him into our lost and dying world. And living a life to encourage each other in our faith. And in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit was poured out on 120 people in an upper room. And at that moment, those people were Jesus with skin on, filled with the Spirit. And we can be too, and we're called to be also. Jesus was writing these things to brothers and sisters in Asia Minor, encouraging them to live a life, the life that they, were been, that they had been called out to live, that they had been empowered to live. John says, to those people that he's writing to and to us today in verse 18. I'm sorry, in verse... It is verse 20. It says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. See, what what John is saying there, among other things, is this. God has provided everything you need, brothers and sisters. He says that when you walk in the light... When your lifestyle is walking as Jesus walked, when you are living in all the fullness of God's Word, there is an anointing that is available to people that walk in the light. An anointing that flows from heaven and just floods over you and fills you. This, This precious anointing oil from heaven. God has given us everything we need. To be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Including an anointing that is available for those who walk in the light. It is not reserved for a chosen few, brothers and sisters. It is not reserved for those saints that we identify as those ones that are really, really close to God. It is is God given to all children who walk as Jesus walked. John is writing to all the people in the churches of Asia Minor. The anointing from God is for you too. Brothers and sisters, this morning, John is writing to us. And he says, seek the fullness of the Spirit. Go on with God to where He wants you to go. To where He's provided you to go. Seek the fullness with all your heart. Then live in the anointing of the Spirit, the Holy One. In the context of 1 John, the anointing helps us determine what the truth is and what is a lie. One writer calls the anointing in this context the Word of God. The anointing of the Word of God. God's Word rightly divided faithfully shows us the difference between truth and lies. So live in God's Word, brothers and sisters. God's living truth. God is truth. John continues to warn these these people, these, these children that he loves so much about false teachers. He calls them liars. 
These false teachers that had been in the church and are now out of the church and gone and started their own work somewhere else. He called them liars. And he clearly spells it out in verse 22 and 23. He says, liars deny Christ. Verse 22 says this. Who is a liar? It is the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. These false teachers were denying the true identity of Jesus Christ. They didn't believe that He was all that the Word of God says He is. And they were spreading those lies among the young churches and those impressionable young believers in that first century church. And John called it what it was. These are lies, he says. Be careful. Avoid them like the plague. You know the truth. Live in it. God is truth. John says, anyone who denies Christ is a liar is an antichrist. Think about that. Anyone who denies Christ is an antichrist. Verse 18 says, Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the antichrist is coming, even now many many antichrists have come. So John is talking about the antichrist, yes, but he's also talking about uh, many other antichrists. What do you mean by that, John? Anyone who denies Christ. John labels as an antichrist. After I read that and chewed on it a while, I asked myself a question. I said, God, what does it really mean, fully mean, to deny Christ? Oh, yes, it means not believing in who Jesus really is. Yes, yes, that's what it means. But could it also mean this? Could denying Christ also mean living not living in all the fullness of God that He's provided for us? Could denying Christ also mean not taking full advantage of all that God has for us? Could it mean that we on purpose are telling God, whoa, wait a minute, God, I don't want to go there because I want to run my life. Is that denying Christ? I don't want to give that up, Lord. I want to follow You and keep that too. I want to follow you and do that too. Is that a way of denying Christ also? Could denying Christ mean insisting on living your life in your way? Is that part of what it could mean to deny Christ? Could denying Christ mean not giving Him full reign in your life? Claiming to follow Him? Wearing the label of Christian? but not allowing God to do all that He has provided for you in your life? Is that part of what it means to deny Christ? I guess what I'm asking you this morning is this. Are you living a lie? Does that make you a liar? Would you say that that makes you an antichrist? Someone that is not fully for Him? Is He the ruler? The master? The Lord? 
the Savior of your life? Do you embrace Him in His fullness? Tell us what to do, John. John, what do we do? What do we do? How can we live with this anointing? John, could you tell us? How can we avoid living a lie, John? Would you tell us, please? And John says in verse 24, Make sure what you know to be the truth remains in you. Verse 24 says, See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. Verse 27 ends with these three words. Verse 27, the last three words, remain in Him. Verse 28 says, continue in Him. What is your daily God habit? You, you followers of God, what is your daily God habit? i get to it. I'll eventually get to it. What is your routine with Him? Not today. I'm too busy. John is telling us to walk in the light. John is telling us to walk as Jesus walked. John is telling us to remain in Him. Brothers and sisters, we live in a world that is sick and cruel. And dark. We live in that world. Sometimes it's sick. Sometimes it's cruel and dark. And for us, the answer is, in the context of 1 John today, to remain in God's truth. To live right there. To be consistently under the, under the umbrella, under the anointing of the Spirit. Day by day. Moment by moment, our kids need us to live like that. Help me, Lord. Help me. I was thankful yesterday. I I heard from both my girls. must be their mother. It can't be me. And Christy was preparing a little sermon to preach at church. She's not even planning to be a preacher. But they asked her, could you share on Sunday? So she called to talk to me about it. (laughs) Dad, do you think this is okay? And I'm sitting there going... What did I do? Thank you, Jesus. And then my other little girl called. You know what she's done? She, on her own, whatever the word is, all on her own, started a prayer room at Olivet. Nobody told her to. She just did it. I said, how'd that happen? Thank you, Jesus. You see, brothers and sisters, remain in 
Him. Our kids need us to. What do we expect from our kids the way we live sometimes? Remain in Him. Our kids need that. You know they don't have half a chance in our world today unless they have this this home, this refuge, this anointing that when they walk in the home, they know Jesus lives here. Remain in Him. God is truth. Look look with me at John chapter 15. Real quick. John chapter 15. Verses 5 through 7. Listen to this. John chapter 15, verse 5. I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. I kind of think that might mean our kids, don't you? At least in part. He will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. If you remain in me, ask me, ask me, and I'll give it. You, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Father in heaven give good gifts to those that ask? Remain in him. Remain in Him. And then ask. In closing today, I just want to ask you, what do you want from the Father today? What's your prayer today for God? What do you want to ask Him for? Father, we bow before You Seeking you, loving you, pursuing you. Lord, there are some things we want to ask you this morning. Help us to remain in you, Father. Help us to learn what it means to remain in you. Father God, as we approach the Lord's table this morning, as we participate in the Lord's Supper this morning, may You use this to help us to recommit our lives to You all over again and say, Lord, from now on, help me to remain in You. Help me to live in the truth of Your Word. So, Father, as we approach your table this morning, we bow before you and recommit our lives.
all over again. In Jesus' name. Those that are going to help us with the Lord's Supper today come at this time. Father, would you prepare our hearts? Would you love us, Lord? Would you help us to know that you're with us? You are so good. We ask, Lord, you prepare us for this beautiful sacrament. In the name of Jesus.